0: And that performance was the equivalent of a streak of shit in the toilets of a fucking bus station. Hi guys, Jack Greenish here. Uh, delighted to say that I've signed a new deal with Aston Villa. Remember
1: Jurgen Klopp called Liverpool the mentality monsters? You know, every time they faced adversity, they came through it. Time after time. Anything that was thrown at them, they overcame it. Ladies and gentlemen, meet the mentality weaklings. A team who crumble under every bit of pressure. A team who never raise their standard. They don't pick themselves up as they fall. If they start flat, they stay flat. If they start slow, they get slower. A good team, a young team. A team that's having a good season, I'm sure everybody will like to remind us of that tonight. But a team that simply does not fight back. And here we are. Two losses against West Ham. One point in two games against Burnley. Hammered by Leeds in Southampton, beaten by Brighton at home. And <sighs> an embarrassing performance tonight. Like this is this is following a horrific display in the second half against Burnley it's following very, very shaky performance against Southampton. And then it falls onto that, which I think was the worst, the worst outing of the season. And I was going to save this question for WhatsApp Winges, but I think this whole podcast is going to be WhatsApp Winges lame. <laughs> Why on earth are David Moyes' West Ham destroying Dean Smith's Aston Villa?
0: Oh, if your game plan is, is reliant on confidence on the ball, Passing quickly when the space presents itself. Support runs, double movements. Second runs, runs from deep. But the only runs your players have is trickling out of their pants. And you're fucked. (laughs) That was dreadful. I've never seen a less effective, less cohesive performance. But also just the amount of technical errors from individual players was beyond belief. That was undoubtedly Aston Villa's worst performance of the season. They were shambolic. Isn't it frightening, like when a team
1: scores a goal against Villa, or when a team's on top against Villa, even before they score a goal? Like how inevitable did that feel at halftime? Like, like I said, Villa don't fight back. They, I haven't seen them yet play bad in the first half or play bad in thirty minutes and then raise it. They don't do that. Like, and it's scary when a team scores or, like I say, when they're on top the whole thing just comes apart. And you said individual mistakes, but the whole team just disappears and it just becomes a collection of terrified individuals all planted to their spot and (laughs) doing really bad things on those spots and just inevitably giving the ball away. And then you just see streams and streams of opposition players coming through and those same opposition players have all the time in the world to get back and set up camp because Villa are all stationary and like everything they do so well and like all the great things we associate with Villa and again like I say we'll be reminded of what a good season this is so far and it is but like I said after the Burnley match we don't need to qualify that we can we can take these matches as they come what else are we going to do and um do, do you know like you see all those bad traits in like and all those good things that we associate with them just disappear and then it's just lads out for themselves but they can't cope by themselves.
0: Yeah, like they either absolutely implode or just don't get going. Like you said, I mean, the only game Villa have won this season that they've conceded in was against Liverpool, and they went four 0 up before they conceded in that game. Fuck! Me. I mean, Aston Villa concede a goal and they don't win it. They don't win that game. It's it's a horrible it's a horrible statistic, and it's. It's really evident every time you see Villa play because it's the same type of performance whenever they've lost. And Christ almighty, have we lost a lot of games this season? I mean, the season looks good because we've we've got a lot of wins as well, but like, it's just, it's so, so streaky. It's just up and down. It's, it's a mess. There's too many dreadful performances interspersed with good performances. And the, I don't know what it is that's causing that, but it's a really, really bad trade. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and this is it. Like that's that's eight defeats now. Like that that's that's not great. Like Villa, <laughs> as you say, when when they're up, they're up, and it's it's class. And they're they're obviously so well coached. Like yeah, all the stats that were coming out during the week about the amount of chances they're creating. Like you can see that with your naked eye anyway. But yeah, like it's <laughs> there's too many points just being dripped out of them. Like this. There's almost traces of last season like you know especially when when they do concede, like you see like they just they just crumble and see to be honest, like there's not enough going on in my life to sit and watch shit like that, like I look forward to these matches more than I ever have done because I've got nothing else going on, and like that was just pathetic like i I came <laughs> I was on the Twitter at half time but During the first half, I was thinking at some stage I'm going to be able to laugh at the fact that West Ham are playing two right-backs. You know, David Moyes employing that old (laughs) Brian Clough school of, you know, keep keep him quiet and you win the game. And that seemed to be like their only tactic. But somehow, despite playing two right-backs and having Dawson keep an eye on Grealish as well, and having the two centre midfielders keep an eye on Grealish, it worked. They completely outplayed Villa, and Villa... Had no answers yet again apart from predictable substitutions and not nothing changing by way of intensity or by way of shape.
0: Yeah, well, like we've, we found out tonight, probably something we didn't need to find out, that if you put out just Ollie Watkins against a full professional team, you're not going to win the fucking game. <laughs> and like, nobody played well for Villa and they weren't given anything from the sideline to help them. Like to a man apart from Ollie Watkins who had two absolute Fuck-ups in the game, which I'm sure we'll get to. Villa were fucking dreadful. Everybody on the pitch was diabolical.
1: Well, let's actually talk about the first Ali Watkins fuck-up. So this was for the second goal, I take it you're you're thinking of, the Lingard goal. Mm -hmm. And I blame Matt Target here, because this is exactly what I was talking about. So when Matt Target was up, and he was doing really well, and I said, but what he needs to do now is stop being so predictable. Like, you know, I've said it before, every single pass Matt Target plays or tries to play, you can see it from seven miles down the road and the defenders can certainly see it. And suddenly I was really surprised because he got the ball caught under his feet because he had nobody to roll it off to. And he he pulled it, he dragged it behind himself and he rinsed a West Ham player and opened the whole thing up. And I thought, Jesus, 25 meters out, Matt Target is through. He's completely left somebody for dead. And instead of even touching it forward once, instead of having a look, instead of delaying it by a second or two, he just pokes it towards Watkins, who's who's marked by a player. The ball goes up into the air. West Ham go back down the, the other side of the pitch and score. And I, I, like it's so unnecessary. That was from a moment where Villa were on top and Matt Target had the world at his feet. He could have done anything.
0: Well, he had the ball at his feet and that was the problem. He can't do anything. <laughs> Like target shouldn't have played the ball, but there's nothing particularly wrong with the pass. Watkins has to control it. It's just a terrible touch from Watkins, sloppy bit of pressure from Dawson, and he just crumbles. And West Ham go up the, the pitch. Christ almighty, does Emmy Martinez have to save it? And yeah. the second goal, it's the same thing. It's the same key pass from Ollie Watkins and the same fucking assist from old fucking lettuce hands, Emmy Martinez. <laughs> Like we conceded the same goal two times. It's unbelievable and unforgivable. We 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 made Jesse Lingard look like a fucking hero. Yeah. And this is a player whose own club think that Daniel James is better than. <laughs> it's a player whose entire career is predicated on the fact that by the time he finally made his breakthrough, people thought he seemed to have an old head on young shoulders. When it was just an old head on old shoulders. He wasn't an eighteen-year-old wonder kid. He was a twenty-three-year-old journeyman who would spent the last five years on third of shite teams in the championship. He's a fucking man child. The only attribute he has is decent movement. Yeah, and we just, we just let him have that. Dougie and Dougie him again. Just let him floating around and behind. I mean, we saw what type of player Jesse Lingard is when the two times he got through on goal, he hits it straight at the keeper. But he didn't know. He couldn't have predicted that Emmy Martinez was gonna was gonna have those two moments in his career. Like that was just Jesse Lingard is shite, and we made him look like fucking Ronaldo. That's 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 how bad the performance was tonight. They were talking at the end of the game about like you know Gareth Southgate's in the crowd. What a time for Jesse Lingard to put in a performance like that! that How embarrassing is that? Yeah. Stop.
1: I. I think I texted you during the week saying. If Jesse Lingard scores against Villa, I'm never watching football again. And to be honest, like I'm sort of there anyway, even without the Jesse Lingard scoring stat. But just the sight, the slow motion sight of his tongue sticking out as if, what else do you expect? I'm i J-Lings, this is what I do. Like, and I, he thinks tonight that he, well, why wouldn't he, he score two goals? We made him out to be a hero, is Yeah, so it's all our fault. The Suchek goal, you know, you might think, oh, decent goal, all right. But... Again, that starts with a Villa attack. That starts with Barkley fucking around at the edge of the box, standing there doing his stepovers. It's forced backwards. Now, he doesn't lose the ball. Forced backwards until Villa eventually lose it because they're under pressure, and then they eventually concede. From everybody camped in West Ham's half, Barkley standing over to, like, poking it to Traore, who has to poke it back. Goes to Martinez, it goes long. West Ham come down and score, and... Oh, kind of, again, West Steven. Ham
0: don't fucking come down. They scored from a centre half, clearing the ball with his head. That <laughs> makes it all the way through to Antonio. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice bit of play from Antonio and Ben Rama. Made a lot fucking easier because Ross off the shoulder Barkley let big Sucheck come steaming through the middle. Imagine seeing that big bastard running through the middle of your defence and not doing anything about it. Why we're on the subject of Barkley, being a cunt, what sort of a performance was that? That was slow, ponderous, clumsy, awkward, technically dreadful. Ross Barkley was absolutely dreadful tonight, and that, and that performance has been coming from him.
1: Yeah. There's actually a question I want to ask, about. I'm going to save it because there's obviously a lot to talk about in the category of you let Graham Whedon take a 90th minute penalty award. There's a lot of managerial decisions I want to get to, so I'm going to save the Barkley conversation for then. Uh, quick, well, I don't, I don't even want to be in any way positive. Watkins took his goal well, um, but I was just thinking, like, why, why do we not throw greedish over to that side a bit more? You know, I know they did it for the last three minutes of the first half, but. Like Craig Dawson is decent. Like as much as he's limited, he's you know he does he does all the right things. He's strong. He gets in the way and and himself and Vladimir Sufal, who Grealish and everybody else seem to make out to be the best right back of all time. Like they were on it. Grealish goes over to the right hand side, and suddenly Ogbonna is there to be rinsed, like just crying out to be spread on toast. And like you know Watkin's for the first time isn't even towing the line of being offside. He's actually about five metres behind as Grealish plays that ball. Watkins gets in behind. Nice finish. And it was like, oh, why haven't we doing this the whole time? Grealish straight afterwards sets up sets up Watkins and it's actually Dawson who rescues Ogbonna, who's nowhere to be seen again. And it was like another piece of uh, inflexibility that, that Villa brought, like by just not, you know, like, you know, like a bull trying to get out of a fence. You have to find the weak part of the fence and it wasn't, it wasn't at West Ham's right hand side where they were playing two right backs and Craig Dawson.
0: No, it wasn't. We we really should have exposed the decision to play two right backs and just thrown Jack Grealish over to the right wing yeah. or into the center for the for the whole game. As soon as they played two right backs, just take Grealish off the left wing. That's what we should have done. That would have yeah. just embarrassed David Moyes. Like he all chips were in and that he was playing two fucking right backs. <laughs> and by the way, David Moyes during the week is
1: there telling you? Jack Grealish is the best player in the Premier League right now. Like, you know, he's basically saying, like, I, you know, I respect this guy so much that he, I, I have him above Kevin De Bruyne. Which, you know, it isn't a massive shout. It's it's very sensible talk from David Moyes, but he's openly discussing him. Like, he's not going to not do something. He saw how fearful he set up against Liverpool. Like, the weakest Liverpool team I've seen in the last three years. He didn't try to do anything because he was so spooked by them. Villa are coming with Grealish as their main weapon, and as you alluded to, you shut down Grealish, then you've got Ollie Watkins to to deal with, and you know, and if that's that's the only out for Villa, then you can probably take them, which they obviously did.
0: Yeah, definitely. At at halftime, El Ghazi had to go, obviously, but Barkley should have gone as well, and Grealish should have been put into the middle. Not that Trezegui did anything when he came on, but we had to free up Grealish. We weren't going to get back in the game unless Jack Grealish was in the game. I know you said we're going to come back to that, but that was just, that was so glaring. You can't just leave Grealish over. There were two right backs on him, two right backs that have also gotten into his head. Yeah, like you know, Grealish was trying stupid things then as well because he wanted to prove that Sufal is just a thug. That's it. So you had like you had to take you had to take that away from Jack Grealish as well. Not only that, but you had to get Jack Grealish into the game.
1: You know, because what happens is Grealish collected the ball at one stage on the left hand side, he ended up carrying it into the middle. Soufal's following him the whole way because he knows that Fredericks is there covering it right back now as well. Exactly. You know, and, and, and Grealish, knowing that Soufal's right behind him and ego's hurt a little bit because Soufal's right behind him, he keeps carrying the ball. You know, when Villary won't know where at this stage. He's just turning and, and twisting and trying to do something else. And,
0: like yeah, he- a lot of people have been saying he needs to go into the middle. Like that that run, it's it's. It's not even like he runs across the pitch. He runs back into Ezra Konza's position. Yeah. But that was just terrible from Grealish. And you had to take that off him.
1: Right, let's get into WhatsApp, Winges. We'll just... Does this boy want to go to the Euros or not?
0: <laughs> Assume you're talking about Jack Grealish, are you?
1: Ross Barkley? Hello. Ross yeah. Barkley?
0: Could have been Grealish. Could have been Means. Could have been Grealish. But it's Ross Barkley. It's Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley was absolutely dreadful. I mean, the first thing Ross Barkley did in that game was to intercept a perfect Jack Grealish pass to put Watkins through on goal. <laughs> yeah. And that I, and that almost led to a penalty. Suchak should should have actually had a penalty from a couple of glances that I saw of John McGinn's needless nibble at him. And that was just because Barkley deftly intercepted A greedish pass to Watkins. To do nothing with it. To stand over,
1: like, over the ball and, like, do stepovers and come back out and let everybody else filter in behind him.
0: Fucking dreadful. It was too... Again, that just summed up, Barkley. It was the wrong decision. Then whenever he got the ball, he's just stumbling over it, running down blind alleys. Useless.
1: He's coming off there again disappointed. Like, do something about it. Like, what? Uh, Like, honestly, like, what? What do you think? How do you think you played tonight? Like if he if he's desperate, like Gareth Southgate's in the crowd, you know I want to I want to impress him. Then impress him. Like why are you coming off? Why why are you coming off before Louise? Why are you coming off when McGinn's never coming off? Why are you coming off for Trezegui? For you're Ross Barkley. You're 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 coming here from Chelsea. You're the big money. Like you're you're the, you're a the big player. You're a big name. Everyone's expecting more of you, you're expecting more, you're disappointed to come off, then fucking do
0: something about it. I'm, I'm going to pay him the compliment of assuming that he's disappointed with his performance and not with the decision to take him off. But Ross Barkley, despite what people have said, has been shite for Villa a lot. He's been getting away with a lot of absolutely terrible performances because he's had big involvements in games or because Villa have won and they've done quite well but there was no hiding tonight because Grealish was double marked by two right backs because yeah. El Ghazi was playing because McGinn and Dougie were useless so Ross Barkley and all his dreadful performances were exposed tonight
1: do you know what it is Is because he you can tell he's a good player I think that's the frustrating thing. Like, he controls the ball better than most. He turns on the ball. It looks dangerous sometimes. So you can, you can see there's something there. Even just before he came off, like, he fed through Grealish. Mm. He should have been sharper. He should have played that across from the one Watkins. Watkins is going to be in there as well. Put the ball across. Like, we've had 20 games of evidence now. You know Watkins is going to make that run. Like, you know, Grealish, (laughs) I'm not going to criticise Grealish for trying to be too clever, but, like, there and then, like, the, the... Weighing it up, it's either you put that ball across or you're going to get closed down by two players, which you have been doing all game, and that's exactly what happened. And he, he shouldn't have got a corner. He ended up getting the corner. But Barkley played that nice pass through. And, do you know, like, Trezeguet doesn't do that. And, 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 and like, very few do do it. Like, he, he... Nice touch, nice zippy pass. And he set, he set up what should have been a chance. Grealish could have took a shot himself he was quicker. Do you know... That, that's the thing like you see those flashes and
0: then I'm I'm almost disappointed seeing him coming off you know because he, he looks like a good player yeah but that was that was the only thing he did in the match that was the only positive thing that Ross Barkley did in that game and having talent is irrelevant sorry it's really relevant <laughs> having talent <laughs> isn't enough go on <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough like we all know that Ross Barkley is unbelievably talented and it's a bad example now because of the month he just had. But Paul Pogba's also shit at football, but he's incredibly talented. You know, yeah. th- th- it doesn't get you everywhere. You have to, you have to fucking play well as well. You have to do the right things. He was so slow on the ball, I couldn't believe it. And I- I'm not talking about pace. He was really slow with pace-wise as well. But just his decision making, he was so deliberative. It was, it was incredible. And here's the thing.
1: For Ross Barkley. Who might be disappointed at his own performance. He might be annoyed at Dean Smith. It's not going to get any better for him. Like. To be. For a for a place to be in. In his career right now. Like Again if he's thinking about England. Thinking about the Euros. He's at Aston Villa. Surrounded by. For, most of the time. A good team. Good manager. Some good players. And he's given a free role. To just stand off the striker. And do what he wants. He's not getting that anywhere else. Like, if he goes to a top team that gets exposed way more, he has to do more. He can't be a luxury player for a a top team. And if he goes below, he's not going to have the same caliber of players or the same system around him. Like, this is perfect for him right now. And he needs to wake up and enjoy it and make the most of it. Because, honestly, he's not going to have a better chance to... To go up in his career and to make the England squad again, like Villa are set up for him to go and do what he obviously believes he can do, and he's not doing it. That's that's the really infuriating thing about him. He's not doing it, even though he's been given every chance.
0: Yeah, he's in an incredibly privileged position. He's playing in he's playing in a free role in a in a free flowing team. It's it's an unbelievable. It's an unbelievable honour whenever you've got Jack Grealish in your squad as well. And like, nobody else has ever considered that Ross Barkley is this type of player. He's always been used as the left side of a midfield three, box to box, and full of energy. When yeah. he was at Chelsea, he was being swapped in the team for Kovacic. You know, that's the type of player that Ross Barkley is. And he's playing in a number 10 position whenever we've got Jack fucking Grealish. <laughs> yeah. Do something with that position.
1: Yeah, it's a privilege, as you say. Next one, did Ilgazi collect one pass tonight?
0: That was the worst performance I have ever seen, and I don't say that lightly. I have seen some amount of shit shows. I mean, his first involvements were to run down a blind alley, to volley a throw-in back over Cash's head, to play a through ball to Naylor Watkins or McGinn and then to let perfectly a perfectly weighted pass bounce off him 10 yards to a West Ham player. And that was his entire performance. It was just shades of that, variations in those scenes. He played He played a trorerie clearance from his own box into his own box, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, you you and a few others were questioning him being dropped after the filler COVID outbreak.
1: A lot of others.
0: Yeah, a lot of others. And like I said, among other things... El Ghazi is too prone to bad runs of form. He had a bit of crack in December and he was due a bad run. He's too <laughs> patchy. He's too streaky. And that performance was the equivalent of a streak of shit in the toilets of a fucking bus station.
1: <laughs> there were there were two passes that cash played him on the deck as well to the outside of him. Couldn't have been better. And he just didn't collect it. Didn't get it into like possession. Let it run around him or let it go out of play. Like you're talking about the balls that points off, like that happened far too often as well. They're the ones that really stand out. But th- those two to cash played, I just thought, how debilitating is this for the rest of the team? You have a player who, who who isn't contributing. You have ten players, and if you are passing this guy, it's a waste of time because it's he's not he's not taking it. And like the answer to the question of did he collect one pass, I genuinely you now I've only watched the game once. I think he collected two. Like he got into possession two times from a pass in 45 minutes. And as you say, he ran down a blind alley of the first one. And the second one, he held somebody, it was a four-yard pass from McGinn or something, held somebody off of his arm and scooped it inside to nobody, to Declan Rice. And that was it. Like, that was the two times I remember him in possession. And, yeah, like, there were a lot of people calling for him. And, like, yeah, I know I did ask that question as well, but, talking about taking your chances that was that was appalling like that is just not the standard like <laughs> you have you have everybody dreaming about Villa pushing on and you have somebody who can take a, a simple pass and and to be honest one of the questions that I was going to ask last week was is Bertrand Terori like this, <laughs> is Bertrand Terori in possession of the best first touch in the world and when you see El Ghazi coming on then with his first touch, it's night and day. And actually it makes you think, what the fuck was anybody thinking? Everybody just likes what's new. And because Terori was in the team and El Ghazi was off the team, it was like, get, get, get a fresh face in. And like, there you go. like There's the fruits of our labour.
0: Yeah, and we and we saw the first two things that Terori did as well was skin somebody and get fouled them on a free kick and then take an unbelievable first touch from a dreadful pass played behind him. Like he's he's just a better footballer than Amor El Ghazi, but El Ghazi will just spank a ball into the top corner out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, every once in a while. Third WhatsApp wing.
1: Stop with the lazy late fucking fouls just, Like it's just a quick one. Like how? Like Ollie Watkins as well. Like just tripping people. Like you know when they're when they're not going to get the ball or when West Ham are about to break away and just just slows the whole thing down and it was annoying enough when it was nil-nil but when you're behind it just compounds it like is that just, that wastes 90 seconds every time you do that and teams don't seem to realize that and then just common like it just summed up the performance how often they just gave simple freeze you know that like akin to it never happened but that player who's in the corner like the right back he's facing facing the corner with the ball he's going nowhere and somebody comes in and pushes him over there were just lots of that, like little nicks when they didn't have to do it, when they could have won the ball back, or when somebody was under pressure and they might have given the ball back anyway.
0: Yeah, it was a performance full of petulance, but that that comes with that comes with playing shit. If you, if if you're not on it, then you you start kicking out. That's just what happens, particularly with professional footballers, because they're so naturally enough they've got they got so much ego because they're absolutely brilliant at football. So whenever they're playing shit, it really gets to them. And they start doing really stupid, counterproductive things like tripping Sufal as he runs up the pitch. He's not going to do anything. It's all right. The only player in front of him is another right back. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Two
1: goals in three games for Conor Hurahan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christ. That would have been the worst possible game to put Conor Hurrahan into. Connor Hurrahan with Declan Rice and Suchek coming steaming down on top of him. That's not the game for him.
1: Well, do you know what made me think it was the game for him? Jack Grealish, John McGinn, Bertrand Ferrari, Matt Target, Matt Cash, Douglas Louise. What do those six names have in common? Go on. They all chanced their arm at a set piece. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ.
1: That's they- pathetic. Like, there was one stage in the second half where, like, literally three corners in a row in quick succession. Grealish tried it. McGinn tried it. Trerori took over. I was like, oh, who takes the corners? What's the plan? <laughs> like, what are you working on in training? Where's Hurrahan? Like, you know, <laughs> that was my thought process. It was like, and I, like, no, I never get excited when Villa have a corner because even when they do have a good delivery, somebody's just going to fucking miss it. You know, and it's probably going to be Ming's.
0: Yeah, like Jack. I, uh, I, the only one I particularly remember is Jack Grealish's one getting cleared at the front post, and I remember that because I'm not alone in thinking that that is just so, so unforgivable, particularly for a player like Jack Grealish. Just scoffed a corner to a guy standing at the side of his own six yard box, and it came to his ankle, like it didn't even go up to his head. Like Jack, you're better than that. Eighteen games
1: left. Four of them v Spurs and Everton. You know, you don't have your fucking Burnley three points in there now, which we wouldn't have gotten three points. You don't have a Southampton game in there. You have four matches of your eighteen against Spurs and Everton. And then you also have obviously the rest of the top six, top eight, top ten if you take out West Ham from last season. It's a tough run for Villa. Like in you know, based on tonight, based on the Southampton game, based on the collapse against Burnley.
0: Oh uh, it doesn't bode well. Well the other way to think about that is that we've gotten one point from four games against Burnley and West Ham. So it's good that they're out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Villa are better against the big teams. It's the the games Villa have lost this season have just been horrible. West Ham two we lost twice to West Ham. Yeah. Burnley, Brighton, Leeds, Southampton. I wouldn't be t- I wouldn't be too concerned about having the big games in there.
1: Well, just on that, and it's the last whinge. Is Jack Grillage winding me up over Europe talk?
0: <laughs> like this, the table's still such a mess. Like it's still so tight in there, even with even with losing that game tonight. I mean, we've still got two games in hand on West Ham to go ahead on them in goal difference. You know, it's it's like I'm West Ham or fifth. I don't think he is. I and mean, Jack Jack Grealish was fucking winding me up with his attempt at back heels during that game. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, we've got some awards to handle it, and we'll get to that after this. <laughs>
0: Mike Ashley has turned Newcastle into a discount sports company and appointed a discounted bargain basket manager. Glenn Roeder, Kenny Dalgalish, Sam Allardyce and Steve Bruce. What (laughs) a fucking parade of cavemen. That is the only reason Andy Carroll is a professional footballer
1: only Steve Bruce and Dean Warnock have got promoted more times than Mick McCarthy. that's not even a good stat because the good managers kept their teams up (laughs) and then progressed their careers (laughs) Dean Smith will never get another team promoted from the championship because he won't be there Brendan Rodgers won't get another team promoted from the championship because he won't be there
0: Pep Guardiola, once again, reveals himself to be a cunt. Do me a fucking favour, as if Jack Grealish needs to go play under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to progress his career. (laughs) That is absolutely a step backwards.
1: Put this on record, United won't be within 10 points of the title. I I genuinely believe that. I'm not even trying to exaggerate it's not hyperbole three four games of, of bad run United around the title race like that and that will happen to them that will definitely happen
0: what gets Sean Dyche out of bed in the morning like how does he do it imagine how exciting a job that would be imagine coming home and saying to your partner I got a new job I'm a football manager and then going out and doing that with it what a waste of time Steve Bruce is a greying pair of slazing your socks in the basket by the checkout that nobody wants.
1: Do you let Glenn Whelan take a 90th minute penalty award? <laughs> Starting now, Gazzy. We've <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it, Like, but what, what do you think the reason Dean Smith went for it? Like, I was trying to figure out: Is it because, and I actually genuinely, I thought this before the match because I was surprised when I saw Ferrari wasn't playing. Ferrari has been playing well. Is it because El Ghazi gives you no impact from the bench, whereas Ferrari does? Like you can trust that Ferrari might give you an injection of something coming off the bench, whereas El Ghazi is just a bit of a wasted sub. No, I don't think that's a reason to start someone. It just hamstrings the team when you start them. And like I say. You're playing with ten players in, so you're already handicapped. But is that the reason to get like you know? Hopefully Elgazi can spike one in, and then we've got a better player to bring on.
0: <laughs> that would be fucking bizarre reasoning. No, <laughs> I I think it was because, and this is this is a really annoying thing tonight that Dean Smith was expecting exactly the type of game that he ended up getting, but he still didn't do anything about it. So, but he picked Elgazi. Because he was, he wanted somebody more solid in there. He wanted someone who could handle the the deep late runs. He wanted someone who was just a bit more definite with their touches, with their passes. And Dean Smith can't legislate, but maybe he can. Like maybe he like he has to know his players better than this. Like he has to know that El Ghazi is is prone to these type of performances. But it, but it still is. And I do still feel a bit sorry for him because you cannot legislate for a performance like that
1: yeah on one hand i'm like right i guess you've been given your chance go do it on the other hand i'm sort of like well hasn't played anything (laughs) you know like he's played about five minutes here and there because of the nature of villa subs it's like is this is this a is this a product of villa not rotating their squad or not using subs more often so you then when you're trying to change your team you're bringing on somebody who's literally played nothing or basically played nothing
0: yeah, well, like that's and that's another thing. We also don't know how badly Villa were affected by the COVID outbreak, and then having to go straight back into a run of Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday games. So it's not like Terori played most of the game. Did he play? Did he come off in the last game? I can't remember, but he definitely he definitely didn't come off on his seventy five minute mark either. So you know, he was he was probably a bit more tired than he's used to as well. I, I don't know what conditioning Troy was in. I, I suspect that the decision was based on the fact that he trusts El Ghazi to be a bit more solid. But Christ almighty, did El Ghazi not repay that trust?
1: Yeah, it didn't come off in the Southampton game I Remember, they made the one sub in the Canva for Barkley. That's right. And that was it. You know, because when they were ahead, they didn't do anything. <laughs> sat and, and watched the game unfold, and then eventually, with three minutes left, brought on the camber. Well, the second, I suppose, nominee for this award who do Aston Villa think they are not dipping into the transfer market in January? When. When they've got the ability to do it, when other teams don't, and they've got a massive need to do it as well, like honestly, what what a terrible, terrible. Like, we've we've been talking about this all season. We, we every time we've been praising Aston Villa for doing well, it was always with the caveat that the squad isn't good enough. Almost like this can't keep going, and like here we are now. Like why why would it keep going? You've been playing twelve players the whole season, and <laughs> and, and even like you know. It's not, it's not 12 great players that you can like that's fine I hope they all stay fit you know it's a, it's a few it's a few great players some good players and then some questionable ones and and Villa decided to not buy anybody one one midfielder replaced Harahan going out
0: yeah and I'm not and I'm not sure what sort of position the board think they are with financial fair play I'm sure they could get around it it doesn't seem very difficult if Man City or anything to go by um <laughs> but it's obviously a tough market as well Pe- because people can't buy people they're also not buying they're also not selling people yeah I, I am surprised that they had that they didn't go for an hour forward tough to convince the board maybe I mean on the back of a month for Ghazi has scored five goals in six games and during that month you've just picked charrori instead of him as well. You know that makes your squad look a lot better. The board have been really, really, really good this year, mm. and they spent a lot of money. There's 28 million on Watkins, 14 on Sanson, 14 on or sorry, 14 in Cash, 18 on trory You know, they got Barclay on loan. So that's a lot of money. Yeah, like they can't just they can't just keep doing that.
1: Well, here's one that the board will probably throw back at the management team. Does Dean Smith think Villa are good at playing out from the back?
0: <laughs> Tell you what, the fucking players don't seem to think so anyway. Because <laughs> every time Mings and Kanza get it, they're just hitting it long.
1: That's it. Like, so, I, I don't mean... Obviously, Villa are good at building. Villa are they're, well, they're a good team. But this, you know, Martinez going short to his centre-halves, is the it, honestly, it's the most ridiculous thing. Like... <laughs> It, it never once, you know when you see those clips every so often, the one from Sevilla was going around there last week, unbelievable carry on, like under so much pressure, keeping the ball, you know, almost to a point where you'd be like, ah lads, this is stupid, but they end up scoring a goal out of it, you know, I think it ended up being 20 odd passes, but the, the way they kept the ball around the back was unbelievable, and so tight. Villa, like you say, Martinez rolls it to Kanza and Mings, Mings plays it to Kanza and then Kanza plays it back to Mings, and then Mings just boots it, because he's in a worse position, or Kanza plays it back to Martinez, Villa go deeper, Mings gets rolled the ball, to, because obviously Martinez is told, because Martinez can kick it long, like this is what I don't understand, they keep trying to play it out from the back, and Mings keeps booting it upfield, and not only that, they're booting it upfield in a worse position then, because it's all stretched, like your centre halves are now, like Mings is basically on the byline, because he's under pressure, Kanza is in his own box, Barkley has dropped deep because he's thinking maybe I should go looking for the ball here. So it gets booted long to Watkins who like even if he gets it and sometimes he does and he wins a free but it's he, nothing to do really. And rather than actually if you are going to do that like what you do is push your whole team up make the pitch smaller and get it around it get it amongst it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like honestly if you're going to go long then that's, that's the basic principle but like Villa are just I've never, I haven't never, I have seen them work it out from the back with that short goal kick and they try it every single time
0: yeah and there's a lot of times as well where it just ends up in Martinez because Mings has been closed down on his own corner flag where it's back at Martinez and then he's trying to dink one out to the to fullback yeah. under severe pressure and he just ends up hitting it out of play as well because Martinez trusts his left foot a lot more than his left footed ability <laughs> would, would make you think that he should I mean he's 27 though he must know that his left foot isn't any good but he keeps trying to use it. The amount of times I've seen him just give the thumbs up to target, saying sorry. It's yeah. like stop doing it. You can't. But it is definitely, it is definitely something that Villa have to work on, and it's something they should have been a lot better at tonight because you can't go long against West Ham. I mean, Albano and Dawson are brilliant in the air, and then they've got the two, they've got two centre halves in midfield as well. <laughs> last nominee for the you
1: like didn't take a 90th minute penalty award and you're not going to like this and I don't know exactly where I stand on it but I definitely had the thought taking Ross Barkley off.
0: Ah oh, fuck off. <laughs> Ross Barkley was apt like I, I'm, I'm telling you Ross Barkley was so shit tonight that I was surprised he came back out. I thought him and El Ghazi should have just gone home at half time because they didn't bother <laughs> turning up anyway.
1: Do, but do you understand where I'm coming from? Like, like I say, you can tell he's a good player. He Looks dangerous. He set that greatest chance up just before he went off. And on top of that, like you're bringing on Trezeguet, and you just know he's not going like, to, you know he's not going to do anything. Like when it comes down to it, it's like, would I rather have Trezeguet or or even this Barkley on the pitch? But what? But I'm sorry, think I'd rather have Barkley. But why would you? Why did you want that Barkley
0: on the pitch? He was fucking terrible, Conan. He gave the I ball. Know constantly he didn't follow Suchek into the box not only did he not not only was he not aware of him he also then saw him and did fuck all about it his but touch he was all over the place the ball was bouncing off him he was running down blind alleys he was dreadful he was he taking forward on the ball he was on the ball for about half an hour tonight and he did fuck all <laughs> <of this. laughs>
1: but he like he did fuck all against Leicester as well and he spanked that one in you know, Trezeguet doesn't score a goal like that. Like, that's probably what I'm thinking about. You know, you can... Sometimes, well, I, just, I, just, I kind of... don't I know why I sound like your da sometimes, you know, where I'm just like, I want to see a bit of passion, but I want, I want to see somebody grab Ross Barkley. Like, I want to see Smith or John Terry just say, what the fuck are you doing? Do something or you're coming off.
0: But they did do yeah. that. They said, what the fuck are you doing and took him off?
1: Yeah but like I want to give him a shot in the arm like because again like the ceiling is just so much higher with Barkley than it is with Tresge when honestly when I saw Tresge coming on and if you're being honest as well like the game was gone then I was like alright you know why not throw
0: him on we can all understand why Barkley's coming off but it's just like But Conan like that reaction says it all like if if you want to give Ross Barkley a shot in the arm what better shot in the arm than to say I'm bringing on Trezeguet for you. (laughs) You should be ashamed of yourself.
1: Yeah. So what do you have? Um, I've got starting El Ghazi, no signings. Dean Smith thinking Villa are good playing out from the back or taking Ross Barkley off. I think it's playing out from the back.
0: I think it's playing out from the back. I think the rest of them are are all more explainable. I mean, Villa have been trying to play with the ball the whole time under Dean Smith. It's just inexcusable that they keep finding themselves in situations of baller with Thoreau Mings just putting the ball up the field
1: in, fa- and in fairness to Conz to and Mings like well, obviously we're not we're not blaming them for this Th- this is what happens with the rest of the team man. you know when Villa are going bad like nobody shows Like it, it's 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 unbelievable how stationary everybody becomes and there are just no options like Grealish is rightly pissed off because he's standing there waiting for some movement around him nobody moves so then it's easier for Greeley to start running around the pitch like he does. And like that happens every time when Kans and Mings have the ball. Because I think you mentioned this before about how obviously Villa are are being told to work out from the back play football, but don't dick around. Like if you sense danger, get rid of it. Yeah. And I think that message is superseding everything else. Like so when Kanza and Mings have it. You know, target and cash. You're just like, oh, you know, I I don't want to get myself into unnecessary bother here. I'm yeah. worried, I I'm already being told to just fight for myself on this flank. You know, um, <laughs> so I'd, I'd rather just kick the ball down the pitch.
0: I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think we found the balance of playing out from the back and just not dicking around and getting rid of it. it we we're definitely we're definitely booting it long too often. But it and I don't think that it's Kanza or Ming's fault a lot of the times. Because even the players who are moving, and it's typically Grealish and Dougie, they're no help. They're coming into positions where they're absolutely no help. Grealish, you don't need Grealish running in to beside Matt Target. Pointless. Mings isn't gonna to pass to you there because he didn't pass it the to target there. Dougie just drops in next to the other centre half that doesn't have the ball. Pointless. So like the the patterns that they're trying to build out from the back with aren't working. The Ronnie Rossens all award. Ollie Watkins from the
1: cash cross, like, that's a free header, he's got an angle, so he, he, I and mean, he's on the back post as well with a nice angle, the ball's coming across the keeper who has to turn and see Watkins, six and a half yards out, free header, all the time in the world to get up over it, all the time in the world to pick a spot, oh, I love Ollie Watkins, he has to score that, like, again, we were talking about his one-on-one uh, in the last game, like, it has, it has to be put in header like that away. It's just such a nice cross. The defender's nowhere to be found. It's
0: nil-nil at this stage. Put the fucking header away. Yeah, he was disappointed himself. Was just... Of course he was. Yeah, and he has a good connection with it. He's a bit of an arch in his back. But yeah, no, he's a centre-forward. He has to he has to put that on target at the very least. But let's not kid ourselves. We all know what's going to win this. Let's go. What's up next? <laughs> well, Barkley on the half volley from target's free. Ross Ross Barkley dragging a left-footed volley from a free kick. What was that? Again, that just showed how ponderous he was as well. took so long for him to do it. The defender was right at his foot as he hits it. And then he hits it so badly. It's a volley. I know it's your bad foot. But if you can't connect with a volley with a bit of conviction, then get off the fucking pitch.
1: And this is where I wrote, the, does he want to make the Euros or not? So, like, that says something about the rest of his performance. It got worse and worse. Like, you know, he, he ended up, we could have written that down about what he was doing then in the second half. But just, just for that, I was like, score, score the goal. Like, there it is, bouncing up for you. It's come through. All the defenders are turning around to see it up for a half volley. Put the thing away. Like, like there you go. Like, like, the England managers in the stand, you've scored a good goal against Southampton. Put that away. Put Villa 1 0 up. Again, if you go 1 0 up against Southampton, it's party time. At, or against West Ham. And, like, again, most importantly, Villa need to go 1 0 up, as we've discovered, because once they concede, they lose the match.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, put it away, definitely should have, but at least hit the ball. Like, well, that was just. <laughs> that was an, ex- an excuse, an apology for a shot. W- well, on that, and
1: this one. Obviously, isn't as big of a sitter, but I I was just as pissed off at it and as disappointed in the man Douglas Louise's connection towards oh, him.
0: Christ I, Almighty!
1: I I nearly want like I think that was worse uh, a worse connection. I nearly want this to win the award because it it annoyed me that much. Grealish has done a lovely piece of improvisation and flicked it out to you, and I you said an apology like that. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even accept that apology for, for something <laughs> like that.
0: Yeah, I think that if it, this wasn't the Ronnie Rosenthal award, I'm sure we can find some sort of an award to give him. But I don't think that's the place for this because <laughs> it, it wasn't a sitter, but it was absolutely terrible.
1: Yeah, maybe in the Peter enkelman "What the Fuck" award, which is coming up next. But I've got one more nominee for the Rosenthal award: greenish's touch from Barclays Pass. I know Barkley's drilled it at you, but so what? Start your feet out, control the ball, score the goal. Again, just score the goal. And again, it was no 0. You know, Barkley has drilled it across on his left foot. Grealish is in the box on the left hand side of it. If he touches that, he can do whatever he wants But it. Maybe Barkley's pass should be better. I think it's taken, taken Grealish by surprise, but come yeah. on. His he, touch went out for a, a goal. It was a Keenan Davis touch went out for a goal kick.
0: It was terrible. It was a. Yeah, Ross Barkley drills it at him, but he also takes far too long to play it in the first place, and it is it is bad from Jack Grealish, but the pass is just dreadful, it's, it's up, it's, it gets knee high, it's a, it's a really awkward one to control you're just asking for trouble Like what are you doing drilling that pass, you should have just played it in time so you didn't have to but Grealish was really bad in the first 30 minutes, you know he had two pathetic attempted back heels he was getting annoyed at Jesse Lingard running around in circles, he was like, you're better than that Jack just just you know let him have it. He's going nowhere. You don't have to foil him. Who cares? Yeah,
1: why does Jack Reedish know who Jesse Lingard is? Like, never mind. <laughs> I care about him. Why do you like, like just don't get involved in that shit. It's Jesse Lingard. You're Jack Reedish. Just yeah. go and win the match. But Bar- Barkley wins this, yeah? Oh, provide it. <laughs> the Peter Enkelman What the Fuck Award. <laughs> Ross Barkley. <laughs> 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 Ross Barkley intercepting Grealish's pass for Watkins. You already mentioned that, and like it's, you were right because I had beside this. It ends up with a uh, penalty shout. very lucky. Like I, I, just hate. Do you know when you see something so mind numbing and so unnecessary that it it always invariably leads to a big chance at the other side,
0: and that could just as easily have yeah. been a penalty. Dude, um, what I thought was the most annoying thing about that was I saw it developing, and I thought that Barkley did too. and then he still did it (laughs) It he was so indecisive like he let it go because he realised and he's like oh no I better take it and then he takes it and then just kind of stands on the ball for a second (laughs) I wouldn't even like I would be
1: annoyed if he he did something with it anyway but he didn't try to do anything like if he was just intercepting that to spin around and have a shot himself yeah like the way I think I think Grealish was on remember um, Watkins at the post actually lovely shot Grealish was on for a little roll to his right mm. foot on the outside because everybody had followed Watkins, but that's fine. Like he wants your striker there taking a shot, he's got the angle himself. But um, it wasn't even anything similar to that. He didn't do anything. Matt Target cross field pass straight to Lingard, set up another chance. <laughs> Lingard have scored. Uh, like it, it, this, this, was a John McGinn pass. That's a, that's a big insult for Matt Target. He's on the corner of his own box. I don't know. Does he see Cash or? Or El Ghazi on the right wing, and he's just tried to ping it out and hit it straight to Lingard in the middle of the goals. Like It didn't yeah. get anywhere near being pinged out.
0: I mean, Bertrand Rory didn't start the game, but his spirit lived on. <laughs> Matt Target and El Ghazi clearing the ball from their own <laughs> box, back into their box. Unbelievable. How is this a thing with Aston Villa players? How, how is this a common trait? I don't know.
1: Emmy Martinez with two Lingard goals like this talk about a Peter Enkelman what the fuck award there's two goalkeeper cock-ups and Tyrone Mings being nutmegged twice in the one move <laughs> uh, by a right back <laughs> yeah. Uh, like that like, that's one of those ones you know when you're watching a Sunday league match and it's like don't let him do that to you <laughs> then somebody has to come in and lift the player for trying to not make someone Ming's got not made twice and didn't do anything to, to stop it happening the second time and again didn't do anything to stop West Ham progressing <laughs> through the centre of the defence. Yeah.
0: Do you know whenever you've just lost all hope though and you just begin to find things funny? Yeah. I I I, I burst out laughing at that. It was <laughs> it was so bad. Ah, uh, Martinez has to win this, doesn't he? Fucking lettuce Hans has to win this. Like, what a letdown. I am so glad that I brought that bastard back onto the Weimann meter last week. <laughs> yeah. Well, nice segue. Because speaking of which, Sammy Martinez
1: is going down again on the Viman meter. And just a reminder, this guy had gone up in so many consecutive weeks that we took him off the meter because it wasn't worth putting him on it anymore. But he's gone down for a second successive week. And he's been joined in company that has, has gone down a few times on this meter, John McGinn and Douglas Louise. Like, I I didn't include the Ashley Westwood, oh, he was playing, award. But I was going to, and just put in the whole Villa midfield, and especially those two. But both them and El Ghazi were all so infuriating that I I didn't fail to notice them, which would have been better. Mm. Um, I, I, I definitely noticed them. I noticed how... How pointless they were the proceedings.
0: Yeah, so Martinez Martinez's mistakes were so bad. I'd nearly say he's just back in the middle of the vitamin meter now. Like he's not even close to the top anymore. They were just unforgivable, and to have two of them in the one match is is diabolical. The Villa midfield was dreadful, and both Dougie and McGinn, as much as I love them, have have gone down a few times. Um, bad, bad, bad performances tonight against. Like, let's be honest, like Rice and Suchek and Ben Rama and Lingard are all good players, but they shouldn't be playing you off the park. Yeah. Like, their Villa's level. Like, if Villa signed an LM, them, I wouldn't be particularly, you know, I wouldn't be over the moon. They're, they're, they're just Aston Villa level players. So you, if you can just go missing from a game, you've really, really fucked up if that's the players that are putting you off the park.
1: They've gone down a few times because they've also gone up, and like, yeah, you don't want streakiness in your holding midfielders. It, it actually made me think, like, we both, and I know we've uh, we've called them out a few times. We both love John McGinn. We both think Douglas Louise can be an elite level player, and he is often. But I was thinking tonight, like, is, is McGinn really cut out for this holding role? Like, I. I know you're saying, like, say, Rice is, is Villa level. He's probably above that. Or he, he could he could definitely play above it, but that's because he's so consistent. Like, you're not going to see Rice have a bad game, for example. He might not do much sometimes, but he's going to bring the same level of consistency the whole time, and the baseline of that is probably just, like, being solid and not letting anybody through easily, anyway. You know, whereas that that happens too often with McGinn and Louise, and I don't know if it's mixed messages for McGinn. Like, I know... Smith was talking about him recently, saying, "You know, sitting alongside Douglas O'Ease, we're asking McGinn to change his role sometimes when, mm. when we're playing against weaker opposition. What they would call, he's, he's allowed to play in a bit more of a, as a number eight. But but even then, like I said, say tonight he might have been told at home against West Ham, you play as a bit of a number eight. I don't see, I didn't see him as a number eight once tonight. I, I didn't see him really. I just saw gaps in the middle of the pitch and." I'm just wondering, like bringing in Ross Barkley, changing the formation. I thought this this was going to suit John McGinn, giving him a clear role. Now I'm wondering, does it go against his? You know that we we talk about the best thing about John McGinn is when he's just getting busy making himself a nuisance, like a dog of a bone going after the ball, using his arse in a frantic manner, in a good manner. Obviously not when he's throwing fake arses, but. No, it's like, it's almost, is it, is it confining him too much? And is he <laughs> using his arse in a frantic manner. <laughs> yeah. but, but is he good enough for, you know, to be that holding midfielder, or consistent enough, or uh, even big and strong enough? Do you know, like, it's just, I don't know, he just seems a little bit lost at the minute, and that's why he's going down quite often, and it's why he goes up quite often as well, because... Because he is good, and he can be good, and he's, he can be lovable, like the whole reason for the Weimann meter.
0: Yeah, I don't th- I. I don't think it suits him at all. I don't think it suits any of his best attributes to be playing him in a holding midfield role. John McGinn's... The best thing about John McGinn is his energy. He's also a very good ball player. John McGinn is a number eight. That's what he is. He shouldn't yeah. be asked to be played in this position, and he definitely shouldn't be asked to be played in this position to accommodate Ross Barkley at number 10. (laughs) I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. It makes a lot more sense if you look at Villa's squad and you're thinking, well, obviously Jack Grealish plays number 10. So can we play two holders behind him? Well, John McGinn can kind of play there and he definitely can play there whenever Dougie's beside him. But if you're playing Ross Barkley there, then it doesn't make any sense. Now, I don't know why... I don't know why Dean Smith thinks he has to play Ross Barkley in number 10. If you look at those three midfielders, and they are Villa's three best centre midfielders, if they you can play Jack Greenish for a second, it doesn't make any sense to play that system, a 2 and a 1. To my mind, just looking at those three players, it has to be Barkley and McGinn and Dougie behind them. Why don't they do that? Like Why?
1: What? Why? Because you can get the same thing. Like McGinn will still come back. Like he does. Like he, he'll, he'll still make himself a nuisance. It'll. It's almost like um, I know Louise has still been really good at times with McGinn beside him. But remember ah, uh, remember the whole James McCarthy thing at Ireland. And every time he sat beside Glen Whelan he wasn't good. And then when they tossed Glen Whelan out of the team, and I think it was by necessity at a stage. And James McCarthy was the only holding midfielder. He just dominated that position. Like Dougie can do that. Like he 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 can control the game there. And he doesn't need somebody beside him. And and yeah, he'll still get the cover. Maybe Barkley won't come back as much. Are they worried that Barkley won't be able to play with Grealish? Because well, well, two things on that. He still can. And secondly, it's not happening anyway. Like Barkley's just standing, and he's actually taken away from Grealish's game though at the minute because he's holding the ball for too long. Like, but, yeah. Why, why you don't? Think, why didn't they stay with a four three three? Why? Why did they switch him to four two three one?
0: I don't know. The the Berkley will still be on the same side as Grealish anyway, so I don't think that'll be gone. Um, I I think it's just because <laughs> it's a lot more difficult to to have an understanding of what shape you're in defensively whenever you've got a four three three, and you're also relying on the noise of your two number eights to understand. When one of them is going, and when one of them has to talk back in, maybe he doesn't think that Barkley and McGinn can give him that. He doesn't. He doesn't think that that they'll have an understanding of the balance required. That you know, Barkley's gone. McGinn can't go every time, depending on how the play is developing. Obviously, it's a lot easier just to say, McGinn, you're staying. Barkley, you're doing fuck all. Going down,
1: Dean Smith. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, like it's not great. It's not it's not great that they they did so badly against West Ham. David Moyes is West Ham. I and mean, West Ham sacked Pellegrini midway through last season because they'd only won 5 games in 19 and they reappointed David Moyes because they weren't <laughs> arse giving him a contract 18 months beforehand when he was their manager. And then he boldly claimed at the time he's been brought in to win football matches. It's what I do, I think is actually what he said. Uh. In 19 games, and you guessed it, Conan. Five wins later, (laughs) David Moyes guides West Ham to safety. By virtue of the fact that Norwich, Bournemouth, Watford were in the league and we had fucking Samagol up top. (laughs) So yeah, Dean Smith has to go down because he was... (laughs) Outtaxed, sized <laughs> by David Moyes, who you can add to the fucking list of Neanderthals.
1: Yeah, uh, the only person I've gone up, but even you know, when we talk about the fuck ups and the mischance, he probably doesn't go up. Ollie Watkins.
0: No, Ollie Watkins is the only player. It was the only Villa player who did anything good. Yeah, Jack Grealish had one or two moments, but you know, yeah, of course he did. He's one of the best players in the world. But Ollie Watkins is two major contributions to the West Ham goal. Can't allow him to go up.
1: Questions we can't answer, but probably will. Would Ross Barkley rather
0: <laughs> score a goal
1: or nutmeg someone?
0: Uh, I don't know what motivates Ross Barkley. It, it certainly doesn't appear to be playing well
1: i think he's that lad in school you know you're messing around you're playing a match at lunchtime or whatever and he kicks the ball through your legs and falls down laughing and you're like you've lost the ball like i just turned around and took it off you but he doesn't care he put it through your legs he's going to talk about that for the rest of the game it's like he thinks that that's the game just put the ball through somebody's legs and laugh embarrass someone that's that's the match it doesn't matter if you lose three one did you see the nutmeg i got there hey jack Jack, you see the nutmeg, Jack and me while checking the sky sports updated chances created stats. <laughs> the game is to win, it's to beat David Moyes' West Ham. Not not make someone, not create a chance. Well, that's like, no. you know what? Create keep creating chances, Jack. What do you think?
0: I <laughs> I don't know. D- I, I, I don't want to talk about Ross Barkley anymore. He's so infuriating yeah. tonight. Do you think he was so slow on the ball because he was constantly trying to manufacture a nutmeg opportunity? <laughs> he was just holding on to the ball in desperation that someone would open their legs and we could kick it out through a throw-in via their uh-huh. gaping hole.
1: Let's get back to Grealish. Uh, second question we can't answer. Why is Grealish the worst corner taker of all time?
0: It's strange it was absolutely dreadful <laughs> I already mentioned it it was it was so, so bad for someone of such ability, but it's free kick as well. like Jack Grealish tries to bend the ball around a wall that is incorrectly positioned. like he's going around the far side of the wall thinking he's going to bend it back in. How far out did Jack Grealish think he was? I, do you know what the annoying thing is,
1: actually, from that exact same position? He posted up on his Instagram five free kicks in a row at training. Buried them all in the top corner with a keeper there. And, uh, yeah, it didn't get anywhere near it. it. seemed to think that there was another net to the right-hand side of the actual goals. Yeah, like, it, 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 it,
0: the, the wall was far too far to that side from the think that he could get it back in. Like, you would have to hit that with your ankle and just let it trickle, and no one else is allowed to touch it. You're just seeing if you can get it around the wall into the post in some sort of weird Ross Barkley-type game that isn't football.
1: Yeah. United 9, Southampton 0. How shit are Villa?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is... This is the problem with a ross huddle team. You know, it's weird that Villa didn't just keep the ball with a bit more can try to keep the ball with a bit more conviction against them because they are only ever going to try to score a goal and they will just keep coming no matter what the scoreline is no matter how embarrassing it is for them Yeah, I mean he's lost 9-0 twice in 16 months against Leicester and Man United as well
1: <laughs> that's it like you know he's obviously a good manager but you can't lose 9-0 every season like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's something you can do did that happen once before and now like that's the record and now they've done it twice the same yeah. manager has been beaten twice the record score of all time
0: yeah against against the third best team in the country at the time yeah I actually we got a question in
1: um from that game it's from Tim and to be honest like I just sort of lost the appetite to answer it so I'm going to throw it over to you <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to keep encouraging people to throw in uh, questions. This came on the via Instagram at the Villa Podcast Show. and you can get us on email the at gmail.com or get us on Twitter. But um, Tim from Dublin says love the podcast, lads. You remind me of me and my brother bickering about referees and everything Villa. Question for you: Has VAR removed context from football? And he's talking about the Trezeguet one against Brighton, um, but then he's going on about Martial diving. Defender tried to pull out of the challenge. It's 6 or 7-0. Southampton are already down to 10 men. Martial tells the referee it's not a penalty. But VAR and Mike Dean, after 6 or 7 minutes of deliberating, say that it is a penalty and a red card. Tim says, conclusion, Mike Dean is a prick. (laughs) And I had this down, but then when I saw it was VAR and United, I was like, oh, I'll just throw this to Liam. (laughs) Thanks
0: for the message, Tim. Tim wouldn't be the first person on this podcast to call Mike Dean a prick. (laughs) <laughs> I do don't think? think. I don't think the pro. Once again, I don't. I don't think the problem is with is with technology. It's with it's, with, it's how how it's being used. I mean, it, it They are taking the context out. They are willfully and needlessly taking the context out. Yeah. And I, I am baffled that professional referees, including the guy who's watching it and telling him to look at it, and then the referee are making these decisions. I mean, the Trezeguet one, we did a lot on it in the show at the time, is just insane. The ball has now gone past the defender and then Trezeguet gets kicked. I mean, it's Trezeguet is in control of that entire situation and they've just decided to look at whether or not the defender has kicked the ball and then they must have just stopped it yeah. half a second before it shows you the kick in their own heads. Like, they've just, they've really fucked it up. I mean, the Pickford one is another example of it. I mean, the technology shows you exactly what has happened. It's just the referees making bizarre decisions, haven't seen exactly what happened, and they are they're taking the context out by focusing on minuscule details. So maybe maybe that's the point that he's making in the question, and he's right.
1: He is uh, last one. John Terry leaving for Burnmouth. Who gives a fuck? Like, they, they, actually, do you know what? In fairness, like I, don't, I know we, we we have a laugh about John Terry, but it says a lot about him that I don't want to see him go, but it's because I think he's a bit of crack around the place. And I think that the, the boys probably really enjoy having him, but like, I don't think it's going to impact anything. You know, I don't think it's going to... Yeah, everybody loves praising John Terry, when Villa's defence is going well. Nobody says anything when the defence is shambolic, which it often is. Um. Yeah, I, I I just don't know what he's doing anyway. I don't think it'll be that big a loss. I don't think he'll go to Bournemouth anyway. I think he's probably smarter than than that. He could end up getting the Chelsea job when Tuchel gets sacked. <laughs> 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 and I think he just enjoys the crack. I think he enjoys just being one of the lads, getting to mess around and not have too much responsibility or stress.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ezra Kanza was saying there during the week that he's learned a lot this season from listening to John Terry and paul mcgrath i'm watching paul mcgrath videos i mean i don't think you'd have to be a long time listener of this show to figure out where i think he's actually getting the best advice <laughs> keep watching the videos Ezra,
1: <laughs> and that's all we have time for um long one tonight but i think it was warranted even though you texted me beforehand saying i'm not doing this fucking podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh we got there Another bad night. Look, we've had a lot of bad nights. Arsenal's next tough run, and I'm just so raising that we don't have a Harry Kaneless Spurs coming up in the next <laughs> while because that would be a good time to get them. Considering we have them twice in the next 18 games, like I say. Um. Yeah. Well, I suppose we will just going in, and we'll probably be complaining again on Saturday. But at least it's not going to be another late night midweek one for the lads. But thanks for joining us. Let us know what you think. And see you Saturday. All the best.